This is the KTRS Radiothon to support the Backstoppers on the Big 550 at KTRS.com. Without them, I don't feel like we would have been the family that we are today. Brought to you this hour by Morrison Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical and Ambassador Midwest Floor. Your donations benefit the Backstoppers. Remember, to donate, go to KTRS.com and click on the Backstoppers logo. Here are Heidi Glaus and Josh Gilbert on KTRS. Well, it has been a day, and we're in the final stretch of our uh, fourth annual Radiothon to support the Backstoppers, and we're so glad to have you joining us. You know, the Backstoppers has helped more than 180 families since 1959, and the thing that I don't think we can express enough is this is a safety net with no strings attached. There's an education fund that will cover starting in daycare all the way through college for families of our fallen heroes. It is really a fantastic organization, and we're going to do everything we can in the next three hours to raise as much money as possible for this great organization. By the way, provides around $2 million in assistance each year, covers 18 counties in Missouri and Illinois, and it is more than just that money. It's also about honoring those who have made the ultimate sacrifice. Heidi Glaus here with Josh Gilbert, Connor over on the board, and we're going to just jump in here in a minute because we have a lot of people to get to, and we're going to start with uh, one of our big sponsors, Morrison Plumbing, Heating, Air, and Electrical, and we'll take a short break and then get to that. My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. You're selling your home or income property. Hi, I'm Don Cherry with Manor Real Estate, and I want to give you the most return on your investment. Our family-owned business has been helping St. Louisans sell property for 47 years. Knowledge, experience, and integrity are what we offer at Manor Real Estate. Call 314-647-6611 and let my family help your family with your real estate needs. 314-647-6611. Nestled in the heart of the Hill neighborhood is the Hill Cigar Company. Stop on in. See the selection of cigars the Hill Cigar Company has to offer. While you're in the store, check out their cigar lounge in the back. Whether you're new to cigars or an aficionado, the Hill Cigar Company is the perfect shop for you. The Hill Cigar Company at 5360 Southwest Avenue. Give them a call at 314-776-4455. A cigar for every connoisseur. The AAA Travel Show you've been waiting for is almost here. The AAA Travel Marketplace is Saturday, February 3rd from 9 to 1 at the Holiday Inn St. Louis Southwest. You'll get limited-time special offers from AAA's most popular travel providers. Admission and parking are free. Plus, free passport photo vouchers and giveaways. February 3rd at the Holiday Inn St. Louis Southwest at Watson and Lindbergh. Call 866-222-7587 or visit aaa.com slash travel show. 
Now, the KTRS Radiothon to support the Backstoppers continues on the Big 550 and KTRS.com. Brought to you this hour by Morrison Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical and Ambassador Midwest Floor. From the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for supporting our fallen heroes and their families. To make a donation, go to KTRS.com and click on the Backstoppers logo. Here are Heidi Glaus and Josh Gilbert on KTRS. Morrison Plumbing, Heating, Air, and Electrical Services has been the number one option for plumbing service, AC service, and heating service throughout the Metro East for more than 30 years. But it's not just about the great work they do. It's about being a part of the community and giving back. Chuck Woosley is the operations manager. How long have you been with Morrison? Uh, I've been um, here now a little over uh, two and a half years. Wow. Has giving back always been a part of the business model at Morrison? Uh, yes, it has. Um, we we try to partner with um, some local charities um, to, to get back to the community the best we can. Yeah. Did the company start with plumbing and then expand, or you guys have always just done everything? Uh, no, we started out as a plumbing company, um, then expanded to the heating and cooling, uh, and then took uh, electrical um, back in August of 2021. And, uh, Chuck, I want to thank you guys for doing this and sponsoring the Backstoppers Radiothon this year. I haven't mentioned this yet, but my brother's a police officer, and today's his birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Well, well, happy birthday, too. So, uh, I'm going to have to make a donation in his honor. Um, but I got a question about my pipes. Can I, <laughs> can I ask you this real quick? When it, I will do my best to give you the right answer. When it gets this cold out, I went home you know, two weeks ago after the show, and my wife's like, what do you want for dinner? And I go, I can't talk. I got to go disconnect the hoses. Is that still a thing where you have to disconnect your hose or even shut off your your outdoor water before the big cold comes? Uh, Yeah, that is something you should do. Um, That way you don't risk any um, freezing of the pipes um, from the outside in. So, yep, that's still something um, you should do, uh, disconnect the hose um, outside. What about our faucets? If you have, like, an interior faucet, if it's not facing an outer wall, do you still need to let that faucet dribble or open up the cabinets? Uh, Yeah, if your house isn't well insulated, um, yeah, that's something that uh, it's not a bad idea. Um, As uh, the newer homes don't, don't have that same issue, um, as they're a little better insulated, um, but yes, older homes, uh, manufactured homes, that's something that uh, you should still be doing. And is the, what are the new kind of bells and whistles? Uh, I think the last thing I saw was um, you could get like uh, like an air purifier on your system. You can get a humidifier put on your system. Are there any new bells and whistles that we haven't heard of? And are there uh, government subsidies for getting something that runs more efficiently these days? Um, so um, bells and whistles, um, there's really nothing that's 
new new um, out there. Um, there's a one inch uh, electrostatic filter that um, you can put in your system. Does a great job of um, helping get dust. Um, uh, we use a product called Air Scrubber. Um, it, it does a great job um, getting dust, purifying your air. Um, can take smells out of your home. Um, and uh, as far as um, uh, there, there's equipment out there that you can get tax breaks on, um, but um, we don't. Uh, that's something we don't guarantee, um, just because of um, your different tax. Um, brackets. Um, one person may be able to get um, some tax credits while other people may not be able to. Yeah, makes sense. We're talking to Chuck Woosley, who is the operations manager at Morrison Plumbing, Heating, Air, and Electrical Services. What's the number one thing you get called for? Um, uh, probably um, this time of year, um, no heat. Oh. Um, and, and last week, um, we had a lot of frozen pipe calls, um, mm. with the cold weather we had, uh, come in. Yeah. And let me just ask you personally, Chuck, would you rather your air go out in the summer mm. or, your, or your heat go out in the winter? Uh, I would rather my air go out in the summer cause you can open windows, um, get some, fans. Um, I'm all right in a little warm. Uh, I don't like to be cold. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be cold either. I'm with you. I'd rather sweat all day long. Well, Morrison Plumbing, Heating, Air, Electrical Services uh, can be reached at 618-262-0517, morrisonplumbing.com. Thank you so much for being a sponsor of our fourth annual Radiothon to support the Backstoppers. Do you have uh, a special story? Do you know anyone who has benefited from Backstoppers? Uh, I, I do not um, I do not know anyone that um, uh, has has benefited from um, backstoppers. Um, but on a on a personal note, um, we just lost a um, dear friend of ours who was a volunteer firefighter um, for the city of Redbud um, last weekend. It wasn't in the um, line of duty, but um, yeah, so. Uh, um, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know anyone personal that, um, backstoppers has helped, but, um, I know it's a great organization and, um, we're, we're proud to partner with you guys and them, um, uh, to hopefully raise, um, a lot of money that doesn't need to be used. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your friend, but we certainly appreciate your help and your partnership. Thank you, Chuck. Uh, thank you, and um, you both have a great rest of your afternoon. Yep. Line of duty or not, yeah. it's sad to hear that. Uh, over on the text line, we got another uh, text coming in. Uh, some people are saying uh, that they tried to uh, log in through the KTRS app. And, oh, the app. And pay through the app. I didn't know that we, we could even do that. I didn't uh, either. I thought you had to go to KTRS dot com and that was the way because if you do that which uh there's a big red banner that you can click on and it pops up immediately i'm gonna have to pull the app up and see if that's even possible but uh 
we just got another donation that just came in, 250 bucks in honor of Officer Patrick Kelly, who served on the police force for years, and he's actually the father of one of our sales reps, Mark Kelly. Oh. So Mar- I didn't know Mark's dad was a, a police officer. I didn't either. But uh, both Marks that work here, uh, the big boss, his dad was a cop too. Did you know that? I did know that. So uh, yeah. they run they run deep here. Indeed. Well, we have so many heroes in the St. Louis area, and just a special thank you to all of the firefighters and police officers and EMS that come out and uh, keep us safe. We really appreciate all of the hard work that they do, and that's what we're going to do for the next couple of hours here is continue to share stories and uh, remind you just how important Backstoppers is. You mentioned that your brother is a police officer, and it's his birthday today. It is, and I'm trying to donate in his name and uh, you just interrupted me. Oh, <laughs> I, you know, we're doing a show. I know. I probably should have done this 20 minutes ago. But. And we've been doing this radiothon <laughs> since 6 o'clock this morning. Well, I've been busy. I've been yeah. busy. Um, there is a, uh, a book club that's been together for 50 years, and they were just featured on the Today Show. And they're from right here in St. Louis. How cool is that? So I've been trying to get them on. That's all I've been doing all day. Okay. Try to track down track one, them down. One of those ladies. When you mentioned the book club, I thought you were talking about that one where it's like reading rhythm where people get together and they're in one big room and it's kind of quiet and you read, but then you socialize and it's – did you see this story? No. All you right, read out I'll, loud? No. You're reading – you know, kind of in a peaceful place, but then you take a break and you socialize and there's no alcohol. It's not like a party. It's just like this engaging thing. I'll I'll tell you more about it as we isn't go that, through. But I, isn't that called a library? Well, is it or is are you all coming together and you're actually, I mean, are you going to tap anybody on the shoulder at the library and make it a oh big social gosh, thing? No. Yeah. <laughs> this is really just awkward. for that. I need I need to get to the library. I've been a St. Charles resident for three years now. I still haven't gotten my library card. Well, I have an interesting story about the library and a program they're doing that I will share when we do our uh, top three at 530 because we're rearranging the show a little bit in honor of the fourth annual Radiothon to support the Backstoppers. And just a reminder, if you want to support, to donate the Backstoppers, all you have to do is go to KTRS.com and click the big donate button on the Backstoppers banner. It is so easy. I saw this, and this to me sounds like it might lead to a fire, but a travel blogger says to always check the irons in hotel rooms to make sure they are clean and that there is a weird reason if you're at a cheap motel not to use the iron. And I think we've had this conversation before. I do iron everything. It's, it's the first thing you do. One uh, this, this time on vacation, we didn't. We went walking around and then I ironed things as I wore them. But actually it was a steamer. And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to get a steamer. This is a lot easier than getting out the ironing board. And like the hotel room had a steamer? Yeah, it didn't have an iron, which probably That's is safer cool. in the scheme of things. I have, we bought, a, well, we got a steamer for our wedding. Mm-hmm. So I didn't technically pay money for it. But 
It never works the way you think it will. Well, I think you get what you pay for when it yeah, comes probably. to a, a steamer. I'm going to get one for the RV just okay. because I think that would be a lot easier. Compact but, steamer. Yes. But back to the weird reason not to use an iron at a cheap motel. More people than you'd think use the iron to heat up leftover pizza. Have you what? ever? No. Yeah. He, this guy who runs a travel blog called God Save the Point says that you should always give the iron in the hotel room a good once over. I'm telling you, I, would, I wouldn't use my own iron to heat up anything with all the gunk that comes out of it. But he says a lot of people use the iron to heat up leftover pizza. Just eat it cold. He claims it's a popular hack among pilots. What? So be even more careful at a hotel near the airport. Pepper, I got pepperoni on my shirt. Well, I mean, even if it's I think cheese. it makes sense. Ah, that's a good idea. I think I like I like that. Yeah, it kind of crisps the pizza a little bit. Because uh, I don't have microwaves in there most of the time. No, but I will say this. No, you go down to the lobby. And use the microwave down there. Well, what if there isn't one? They always have one. I would never, ever do that. Oh, no, I'd rather... Do the iron rather use the iron. Yeah, before that. (laughs) Well, technically, the iron is the same shape of a pizza. Yeah, unless it's the square beyond compare. Well, let's be honest. I'm not going to use the iron on my clothes. (laughs) I know Heidi does, but uh, Connor's going to walk in and say, well, who even uses these things anyway? And Heidi's sitting there with all of her laundry. And (laughs) hanging up in the closet. It is. I almost uh, took a picture when I unpacked because that age old. I want you to every, and then. I, we got a vacation coming up in a couple mm-hmm. months. And then you'll just send me your I'm gonna picture send of, it you my, of my stuff everywhere. Open luggage with clothes everywhere. Two things before we go to traffic, Paul. Uh-huh. Captain Paul. One, do you remember that scene in Mr. Mom where he was ironing and the kid comes up, my my sandwich is cold. And, and he, he puts it, the, the, yeah. Yeah, the grilled cheese. That's he does probably the grilled how cheese. this all got started. Uh, and number two, thought of this, shower thought. You just mentioned it. When you cook a Dogtown pizza, Mm -hmm. St. Louis style, do you cut it in pizza slices or do you cut it in squares? Cut it in pizza slices. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It's very interesting. Somebody said they have a small handheld steamer that we travel with in our suitcase. That's on the uh, Woods Basement Systems text line 84126. And I want to invite you to share any stories if you have a... uh, a friend, a relative who is uh, with our, you know, local firefighter, EMS, police officer. We would love to share some of those stories throughout the next couple of hours. Right now, 331, we need to check in with Captain Paul Kopsky. Now, the KTRS Radiothon to support the Backstoppers continues on the Big 550 and KTRS.com. Brought to you this hour by Morrison Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical and Ambassador Midwest Floor. From the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for supporting our fallen heroes and their families. To make a donation, go to KTRS.com and click on the Backstoppers logo. Here are Heidi Glaus and Josh Gilbert on KTRS. Chief Greg Brown with Eureka Fire Protection District knows all too well how important the Backstoppers organization is. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having us, and thanks for doing the, this 
for the backstabbers. Oh, it is our pleasure. And you're actually a board member, so you have a front row seat. Is there one moment in particular when backstoppers stepped in to help that immediately comes to mind for you? You know, I I, I do have one thing that, that just really sticks out in my mind on how how dedicated the backstoppers are. I can remember uh, one of the first board meetings. I'm on the advisory board, and I went to the uh, to the meeting, and uh, this was probably seven or eight years ago, and it was brought up that a uh, a widow, uh, her spouse had been been uh, killed in the line of duty, like back in the 70s, mm. and she needed a roof for her house, and you know she just didn't have the money to pay for it, and there was there was no question, get it done. Get it done as soon as you can. And to me, that just really sticks out that, uh, you know, some some 40, 50 years later, they're still there. Decades, yeah. whatever it takes. It, they're there to take care of uh, take care of the, uh, the spouses and families of, of our fallen heroes. Well, I said this earlier. I mean, the Backstoppers has helped more than 180 families since 1959. Tell people about some of the things you do. Well, uh, you know, first, you know, initially they they come in as soon as it's uh, as soon as they're able, and they come in and present a check, and and that check is for whatever the family needs while they're going through the trying times of making funeral arrangements or whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And then shortly thereafter, they come in uh, and they bring a team in, and there's there's financial advisors, there's accounting people. They get everything. Uh, all the bills together, whatever it is, if it's if it's a mortgage, if it's uh, uh, credit card bills, wh- whatever it is, whatever they need help with, it all gets taken care of. And then they, you know, they make sure that the kids uh, have the opportunity to go to college or, or school, whatever whatever schooling they need to go to. You know, it may be years in the future, but it's there. It's there to take care of them. They don't have to worry about that. They're dealing obviously with losing. A member of their family, in in such a horrific and tragic and, and sudden way, and then the backstoppers are there doing everything they can to 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 keep it together and provide for the long term. And, and pardon me if if this question has been answered a half dozen times already on the radio today. All the shows have been doing this, um, but is the backstoppers? just a St. Louis thing? Is it, is it, are there other organizations in other cities across the country? There, there are other organizations that take care to uh, a particular level, but as far as I know, there is no place that uh, takes care of uh, the fallen and their families the way that we do here in the St. Louis area. And the Backstoppers covers, and I'm sure you went over this earlier, we cover about 28 counties, both in uh, the state of Missouri and the state of Illinois. And um, but to the level that that we cover, taking care of everything, I don't know of any place else that that is to that level. So when you hear backstoppers, you don't have to want. Is that backstoppers Tulsa? Is that backstoppers? You know Seattle? No, no this is this it, is backstoppers St. Louis. Is us the know. the other organizations that that are out there? Uh, they go by different names. They do good work. They try to help out 
but the backstoppers is St. Louis. Yeah, we're talking to Chief Greg Brown with Eureka Fire Protection District, and we mentioned that backstoppers has been around since 1959. But who was behind it? How did it start? You know, uh, as far as I know, it was a group of uh, uh, concerned citizens in the community uh, that got together. You know, some of the some of the uh, more philanthropic families at the time. Uh, and they said, we got to do something. We got to, we got to be there to take care of these people. And it was a small group in, uh, uh, at first and, you know, they, they got together and they said, we're going to help. And they were able to help at a, at a certain level. You know, I got to, I got to meet the first spouse that the backstoppers helped, mm-hmm. uh, just a couple of years ago. Um, and, um, I, w- I went up and was sitting down talking to her, and she's uh, actually she's getting ready to turn 100 years old this year. Oh wow! And um, uh, she's a really neat lady, and I sat down with her, and and she told me she said, you know, here this this uh, incident happened. Her husband was killed. She had kids, and here these people showed up at her door, and they had a check. And it, and at the time, you know, they certainly it's built up. Uh, what they could do but at the time they had a check to help out it was significant and she she was stunned and um you know but but it was they were there to help then and you know as people recognize that when our uh first responders are killed in the line of duty um and now if there's a catastrophic injury we also help out um you know the backstoppers do but, you know, to realize that, hey, you know, these, these people's lives, and especially, you know, if, if it's a single-income uh, household, it's everything. Yeah. And I so, mentioned earlier uh, that Backstoppers provides around $2 million in assistance each year. Guns and Roses, obviously. Uh, guns and Roses. Guns and Hoses. <laughs> well, that's why they yeah. call it that. <laughs> obviously a big fundraiser. But how else do you guys raise those funds? You know, there is each each of the counties that's involved, that's covered by the backstoppers, has a committee that helps with fundraising. So, the first first way is obviously, as you said, Guns and Hoses uh, raises a, a tremendous amount of money. It's the biggest fundraiser every year. But uh, each of the counties works to uh, different things. There's there's some that do barbecues. There's some that do dinner auctions and dances and there's golf tournaments and there's uh there's an event that's done over at the uh, uh um oh the the driving range over in uh in chesterfield bottom like top golf i oh, couldn't yeah. think of the yeah. name sorry uh they do a big event there uh there's there's membership drives that that we do that uh, anybody can go to the backstoppers website and join and be a member. And there's different levels of membership, depending on what you want to support. Uh, that that we're there to that you can uh, join and help support there. So we do fundraising like that. Also, the Backstoppers has an app that you can download from your uh, from your your app store. And you, if you want to make a one-time donation, you want to make a, a monthly donation. You can click on there and you can set it up to do it. Oh, that's really um, so cool. The, so anything you can think of, uh, there's 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 boot drives or, or and hat drives. They, uh, I can think of one. It was called uh, Hats Off to the Backstoppers. 
that similar to what the firefighters do with muscular dystrophy, mm-hmm. that they were collecting, uh, you know, the first responders were collecting money uh, in the intersections with in hats. Uh, so anything anybody can think of. And then, you know, St. Louis is just a very, very generous uh, so generous. Yeah. And we get we get people who just, you know, leave, donate, make donations. There's there's times when people will leave a donation in their in their will mm-hmm. uh, to the backstoppers because it's so important and what they do and how they do it. And it, so any way that you can make a buck, people are trying to do it to raise money for the backstoppers to help out. Chief, if and, somebody and, you know, wanted to just donate to the education fund, could they do that? Yeah, yeah. If you go to the Backstoppers website and uh, it'll give you, uh, you can go through there, or you can uh, uh, go through the office, and and they'll set you up uh, that your donation can be earmarked for that. But uh, again, all you got to do is go to the website, and you can call into the office, and the folks there, the team that they got working there, is an amazing people. Uh, underneath uh, Chief Patel, and uh, yeah, they'll they'll work with you and get that done. Mm. And of course, today all you have to do is go to ktrs dot com, click on the donate button on the Backstoppers banner. It doesn't matter if it is five dollars, fifty dollars, or a thousand dollars. Every dollar helps. Chief Greg Brown with the uh, Eureka Fire Protection District. Thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you so much, and thanks for doing this for us today. We really, really appreciate it. You, you know, I've uh, uh, been around families and those who uh, have been left without one of their loved ones, and, and the support of the community through the Backstoppers is uh, just indescribable and helping them keep everything together. Yeah, Chief, it's our pleasure. Um, so uh, i got to tell you, my brother-in-law, is a firefighter Oh, in the city of St. Louis. Uh, oddly enough, he said that Kim Gardner gave them their shots for, you know, because, you know, she likes to moonlight as a nurse or something. Remember uh, that whole story? I, I do recall. Uh, but he's a firefighter in the city, and my brother's a police officer, and at Finn's birthday party. Did they we, decide to fight? We moved all the chairs. <laughs> And we're just, you know what? Let's finish this once and for all. Our own guns and hoses. But it was funny. Finn actually opened up a pack of cars, like, that make a lot of sounds. And there was a police car Mm -hmm. and a fire truck and uh, an emergency helicopter. And the whole party, they were trying to get each other to, oh, play with Uh, this one. No, play with this one. Of course. So no love lost between those two. Another great sponsor of our uh, Big 550 KTRS Radiothon uh, to support the Backstoppers is Ambassador Midwest Floor. Brian McGee is the uh, VP of Sales and Marketing. And, Brian, I have to say, I think the name is a bit deceiving because you do so much more than floors. Yeah, we do. It's You know, we're a flooring company by nature, but we, we do showers, walls, all kinds of stuff in, inside your home. Yeah, let's talk about floors. What's hot right now? You know, ironically, you asked that I'm out at uh, Surfaces in Las Vegas, which is the largest uh, flooring market, flooring trade show that we have. And um, there is innovation coming. It's still luxury vinyl plank is still is still a great product, but they're finding better ways to engineer it. So it's it's longer and lasts longer and and trying to actually make it better for the environment. I was going to say, what is the product that lasts the longest right now? 
You know, it really depends on on what your house or your home style looks like. If if it's just, you know, a single person, you know, we can go one way. If it's, you know, married couple with kids and big dogs, then we need to go another. So kind of your lifestyle and, and who's living in your home is going to dictate what's going to be the best performing product in your environment. Hey, Brian, what hotel are you staying at in Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> the trade shows at Mandalay Bay. So, uh, oh, this cool. Is, this is where I'm at uh, 90%. I, I think I saw the sunlight once yesterday. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Vegas and flooring, some of the most obnoxious flooring out there. But didn't they I was going to say elaborate. Elaborate. Didn't they say we, we want to make the floors like that so that people uh, look up? And and keep gambling or something. Everything they do is designed for people to keep losing money. But could you, if I if I came to Brian McGee and I said I want a Vegas type carpet or something, mm-hmm. can you come up with something for us? Yeah, we can. There's there's so much. You know, you come into our store and our showrooms roughly our our main showroom in Chesterfield Valley, seventeen thousand square feet, and so we have tons of product that you can choose from and and that but if you need something that's custom you want custom color carpet you want something there are avenues that we can go to um to help design something because you know it is as a company that that does as much as we do the one thing i hate is seeing the same floor installed over and over and over and you know putting some custom in having it be your own space in your own home that's what you really want to do to show off your investment yeah, and there's just so many options. I think it's hard for people sometimes to even start. Where do you usually lead people? What kind of questions do you ask to figure out what's going to work best? You know, some of them is, you know, who, who all lives in your home? Do you have any pets? You know, what are, what are your priorities? And then, you know, technology is our friend, and, and we race towards technology at Ambassador Midwest Floor, and, and we have a program called RoomVo. Um, which is all digital. You can get to it on our website. You can take a picture of your space, of your room, your actual house, your furniture and everything. And then you can start to slide product in there to see what it would look like finished in your home. Um, If you're doing a big renovation where, hey, we're not just changing the floors, that means we're going to repaint the walls and everything. We don't sell paint. We're not a painting company. But you can change the color of your walls just so you can see what it would look like with your new flooring. I, I think that's the hardest thing is to try to envision what it would look like. You know, you could come in and say, oh, we're going to do wall to wall this and we're going to lay this down. And then I, I'd just be like, I can't picture I it. I don't have that part right. of my brain. So knowing that you guys can lay that out on the computer and mock it up, that's awesome. Well, and again, it, it, if when you take the picture of your space, if your dog is laying on the floor in the middle of the floor, it's going to put that your dog back on top of the floor oh, right where your dog was. So you, so you, you get to see everything. And, what about and all my it, son's it toys? <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to pick those up before we come do the install, but they'd be there too. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was growing up, it seemed like everybody had linoleum. Is that still a thing? Oh, my gosh. No, linoleum's pretty much moved past. Um, that's kind of a thing of the past, and and it still has its space in the market for certain applications, but there's so many better products that just uh, look better and, and give you a, a better end result. And when people think about redoing a floor, there's got to be so many different price points. There are, um, you know, and it depends on the category, right? So ceramic tiles is different than hardwood, which is different than luxury vinyl plank and carpet. And depending on which category it is, sometimes your biggest expense might be labor, right? Mm -hmm. So the price of the product itself, if you're talking tile, 
Most of it is in your thin set material and your labor. So going up on a tile and spending more money doesn't actually cost you that much in the long run. Um, and everybody has a different budget, and there's value-engineered products. And, and even those valued-engineered products are still made to last 15, 20, 25 years. Well, we're talking to uh, Brian McGee, who is uh, Ambassador Midwest Floors, uh, VP of Sales and Marketing. And I'm wondering if somebody's listening right now and they're like, oh, I've been dying to redo my floors. How quickly can you get a job done? You know, it, it just depends. Uh, we do stock some product locally. Everything else we we buy per order. Um and as soon as we get it in, we can be in your in your house and, and ready to go. And you provide the labor as well, not just the product. Correct. We are we are members of 1310 Floor Layers Union in St. Louis. So all of our installers are union employees. Um, they work for us and only us. They're our, our employees. And we employ over 100 master craftsmen. That's a big deal because so often different contractors have kind of pieced together their different projects and you don't know who's coming into your home. You don't, and and you know you don't know if you're getting the A A installation crew, the B installation uh-huh. crew, or the C installation crew. You know where the nice thing is, since they do work for us and only us, we continually train the union trains, so we can get everybody up to speed on the newest product and the best method. Because again, it's your home, and whatever investment you're making is a big investment for you, and we want to make sure that uh, that you get what you pay for. Money's no issue, okay. Let's pretend we live in a world where that's a thing. What's the coolest okay. thing that you've seen or done recently in someone's home? You know, I'm a big hardwood guy. Um, I always go back to hardwood, and, and if money's no issue, putting a Canadian hardwood line um, in your home, it's the best manufacturing. They have the best colors, the best finish. It is just um, – if it's manufactured in Canada when it comes to hardwood, I mean, those are the top-of-the-line flooring products. And big planks or the skinnier planks? The big, the, the wider, the better at this point. Really? So, you know, I, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, I'm at, again, at this trade show and I'm seeing, pl- I saw a plank yesterday that was 12 inches wide. Oh, wow. I bet um, that does look cool. You know, it does look cool. I look at it, it looks neat, but then I'm like, man, I have to have delivery crews deliver it. <laughs> you know, all the How wait, yeah, how you wide? See, you see things differently than the rest of us for sure. <laughs> how wide is this? It's it's twelve inches wide and then seventy two inches long. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I bet it yeah. looks really cool. Well, you can reach Ambassador Midwest Floor St. Louis three one four two seven two thirty fifty eight ambassadorfloor dot com. And Brian, we really appreciate you guys being a big sponsor of our fourth annual Radiothon to support the backstoppers. Yeah, it's a it's a cause that's close to our heart, and and you know we always try to support first responders through various things, and we've been a partner with KTRS now for uh, probably twelve to fourteen years, and when you guys have this, we jumped right on, and uh, I just appreciate you guys doing this and giving us the outlet to uh, sponsor this. Our pleasure. Have a little fun out there in Vegas. Don't work the hey. entire time. I, it's uh, it's work then play then sleep for a couple hours and work again. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Hey, you guys have a great day. Thank you. Our headlines for this Thursday afternoon, January 25th, Weber's Front Row in Webster Groves, Missouri. 
to close. Webster's Front Row announced it will close after 32 years at its Webster Groves location along Big Bend Boulevard. A closing date has not been announced, but a Facebook post said it would close in the coming months. They also said this is not a goodbye. It's merely a transition. Restaurants to other locations in Afton, one on Gravoy Road, and Arnold will remain open. Apparently, they couldn't come to some agreement on the building price. But that is kind of the home of Chief's Kingdom here in St. Louis. If you go to a Chief's uh, on a Sunday afternoon and you want to watch a Chief's game, that place is packed with Chief's fans. I didn't realize they had other stores. Arnold. Yeah. Arnold Afton. and Afton. Yeah. Uh, I've been to that location many a times and uh, sad to see it come. Yeah, I am too. I hope it becomes another bar slash restaurant, though. Mm-hmm. Perfect location. A great location and a big space. I just hate, you know, I'm going to bring this up again. Coffee cartel closed down and became a makeup store. Uh-huh. You know, uh, the chess place took over the, what was the chicken wing place? Cole Peppers. And the central one. Now you have two corners of the most popular intersection in the West End, Euclid and Maryland, and two restaurants gone. Two restaurants gone, but the chess hall of fame has brought thousands of people and more than that, attention but to St. Louis. Do they need the corner? But that's They opened up their own restaurant. Yeah. Right? Is it open yet? Yeah, I yeah. thought so. Is it open? I, well, I mean... Are we talking about Kingside Diner? No, they have... No, they, they were opening other. up a new one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty but sure I mean, that place is open. Chest yeah. Potato wedges in the shape of a rook. I don't know. Something. I don't know if they do that. I think that would be fun. Speaking of food... Chipotle is hiring 19,000 more workers for this year's burrito season. What is burrito season? I, I had no idea. The entire year was burrito season. I had no idea that in the industry between March and May, they call that burrito season. That's where they see their highest volume of business. I'm guessing May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. I tried yeah. to go to a Qdoba on Cinco de Mayo. Oh. That was a mistake. Mm-hmm. I was like, surely people would be going to actual Mexican restaurants, <laughs> not the Qdoba. That was a mistake. But I had no idea. Burrito season's coming up, March to May. Okay, now you know. Fort Zumwalt North 7th grader stars a new Snoop Dogg film. How cool is this? The movie... The Underdogs premieres January 26th on Amazon Prime. It follows a slightly similar story as The Mighty Ducks and 13-year-old Jonagan Booth, born and raised in St. Louis. He moved to O'Fallon, Missouri in recent years as one of the main child roles. Jonagan plays Trey, a star of the Underdog team. This is his film debut, but he appeared on one episode of This Is Us. His older sister is also an actress, but... He still calls our area home, and according to the story on stltoday.com, he'll continue to live here and send in self-taped auditions. So congratulations. I'm hoping we can get this uh, seventh-grade star on our show. Very cool. What's it like to work with Snoop Dogg? Yeah, he describes it in the article, and it's pretty funny. He says he's one big kid. I'm sure he doesn't smoke in front of the kids, though. <laughs> sure he doesn't. 
do that. Bud Light's returning to the Super Bowl with a 60-second ad representing the beleaguered beer's biggest bid to recover from that whole thing uh, that went down this yes, past year. Yes. Uh, so the Bud Light ad will join a minute-long Michelob Ultra commercial. Mick Ultra is going to have Lionel Messi in their commercial oh. for the Super Bowl. And then a 30-second Budweiser spot highlighting the work of its wholesalers and featuring the Clydesdales. Okay. Uh, this year, a 30-second commercial will cost $7 million. Obviously, it's more expensive every year. Last year, Bud Light's commercial depicted husband and wife actors Miles and Kaylee Kelly Taylor. Remember, they not- were they were dancing to the hold music. Oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't remember from year to year what the best commercial was. I thought for sure that commercial was at least two years ago, but this will be Bud Light's first big splash. I I guess I didn't realize that they've been running commercials. Now I. You know, dilly dilly with the knights and the stuff. Yeah. I remember that. Um, you know, I don't know what Bud Light's doing now, but apparently they're Super Bowl spot. Bud Light commercials every day. But they're, you know, there's no frogs in them. There's no. Well, what you're saying you know, is they're not memorable. Exactly. For you. Exactly. And now I'm trying to think and I'm. Exactly. Not their, sure. Their new slogan is easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Maybe that'll help you. But they say that they will dial up the humor for this year's Super Bowl ad and will introduce a brand new character while sticking with that theme easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Who's the new Bud Light character? Hmm. We'll have they, to do a little searching. They did frogs and then the lizard. So, and the what's up? Oh, the what's up, guys. That was yeah. fun. Wiser. Well, but we're talking Spuds. about Spuds McKenzie. The return of Spuds McKenzie, maybe? While we're talking about uh, commercials, do you like when the commercials are leaked? Or would you rather not know a single thing about it and just wait for Super Bowl Sunday and sit on that couch and see them all? I know why they leak them. I do too. I get it. They want to. They want to generate the buzz. They want to get more. You know. They want to. I mean, people watch them for the two weeks leading up to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. But then it's not as much fun. And it's not nearly as much fun. Uh, we didn't do it back in the day because we ran out of time. But back in the day, on this date, January twenty fifth, like yes. you said, my brother's birthday, there were three different Super Bowls in nineteen eighty one, eighty seven, and ninety eight. Just goes to show you. How far back they've pushed the Super Bowl mm-hmm. than at least in 1998 when, when the Broncos won. So, But it's not that far back. I mean, the Super Bowl's three weeks away. Yeah, but it used to be today. Well, if today was a Sunday. Right. Of course. And we take one week off. Did they always have the week off uh, to kind of give... Them a little time to get ready. Yeah, they have, right? I mean, they have in the past couple of years for sure. Yeah, but I don't know about in the beginning. Uh, I don't think that they took one week off. I don't. We'll have to look up originally when when they started that. But it's it's three. We used to say, "Oh, it's the beginning of February," Uh and now it's like the second week of February. February eleventh. Here we come. So we'll see.
speaking of the Super Bowl, we plan on doing a big blowout. And by blowout, I mean in my waistline. Oh, okay. And my, my belt is going to blow out because we're on this diet right now. And you say we, you and your well, wife? Me and my wife, yeah. And it's been a week. And if you haven't noticed, I've been incredibly moody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was just the norm. Crankier than ever. <laughs> oh, I've just been my normal charming self. But <laughs> just kidding. You were just talking the other day. What are we going to have on Super Bowl? And you know it's going to be chicken wings. And I told my wife, I said, I'll get a bunch of Dogtown hot chicken pizzas Ooh. for the party. Now, are you going to host the party? No, no, no. I'll bring them to my brother's house. Oh, yeah. He always hosts. So I think that's going to be our contribution. And I asked you, when you make a Dogtown pizza, it's St. Mm-hmm. Louis style pizza. Do you cut it in pizza slices or do you cut it in the We square? always go slices. I know. Somebody texted Do you know that. what I feel like? When what? it's When it's your Dogtown pizza and you do squares, it's a little bit harder to share. Like, oh, you're going to get how many squares? Oh, yeah. And, I'm, and so I'm a little feisty, right. and I want all of my Dogtown pizza. So you got to cut it in the, you know, pie shape so that you make sure that you're getting equal measures. That's a good, that's a really good point. Because when we, we slice ours too, pizza slice. Yeah. And when you do that, you get four and I get four. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But like you said, with with the squares, you could sneak a couple squares uh-huh. from your side and onto you my sure side. Could. And you'd never know it. Yep. So uh, Dogtown is the way to go. And somebody on the text line said, my kids demand that I cut their Dogtowns uh-huh. in squares. How about that? How about that? She said their uh, their kids are St. Louisans through and through. And that maybe that's... Maybe that's the test. Ooh. Are you a true St. Louisan? How do you slice your pizza? Well, cook a dog town and without thinking of it, cut it, and then you'll have your answer. Now, the KTRS Radiothon to support the Backstoppers continues on the Big 550 and KTRS.com. Brought to you this hour by Jewels on Hampton and Club Fitness. From the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for supporting our fallen heroes and their families. To make a donation, go to KTRS.com and click on the Backstoppers logo. Here are Heidi Glaus and Josh Gilbert on KTRS. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley is facing more and more calls from former President Donald Trump's allies to suspend her White House campaign. Brittany Shepard, ABC News national politics reporter in Washington, joins us with the latest. I mean, she seems to be just pushing on, even saying, bring it on to the former president. Yes, she she welcomes the oncoming. You know, Donald Trump has a pretty sharp campaign promise for Nikki Haley. She said... Pardon me. He said when he was in New Hampshire, I don't get too angry. I get even. Mm. And he's starting by targeting her donor base. You know, you, you hit them in their pockets first, right? That's where people really feel it. And on Wednesday, Donald Trump said anyone who financially supports Haley will permanently, quote, be barred from the MAGA camp. It's hard to know what that means in practice, but it's enough to be threatening if you're a Republican who wants to be involved in the establishment in some way that you might hold back your checkbook or your pocketbook. Uh, Haley's trying to cash in on these attacks. Her campaign is now offering a barred permanently T-shirt to anyone who chips in $5 or more. She said, bring it on, Donald. 
show me what you got. But those attacks can end up really turning the tide for Nikki Haley. Her campaign says that they're in it all the way through Super Tuesday, and we can get into kind of the semantics of how they're moving their staff and, and their money around. But if it costs money, you know, to have staff on the ground, to go up on television, to go up on the radio, to get those last-minute moderate independents on your side. And if you don't have enough money to do that, you can be in real trouble. Has anyone uh, bowed to Trump's threats yet? I mean, I know it, he just made it the other day, but has yeah. anyone said, all right, uh, he's got a point, <laughs> we're out? Yeah, actually, someone you might not expect. There's actually a Democrat a billionaire super donor. His name is Reed Hoffman, who co-founded LinkedIn announced yesterday that he was pausing all of his contributions to Haley's campaigns. One of those Democrats who either feel disenfranchised by Biden or they just don't want to see Donald Trump be the nominee. So they'll do whatever they can, including voting or donating to a Republican to make that happen. Last year, he gave $250,000 of his own money to a pro-Haley super PAC, has encouraged his friends and the wealthy people in his network um, to also donate to Haley. But according to his advisor, he will not make one more cent or dollar of an investment into Haley unless he sees a path for Haley to win the nomination. So Trump's words are resounding, maybe not with the people you expect, but that's a lot of money to no longer be routed to her super PAC or her original campaign. And if Bill Reed Hoffman is the kind of man who he says if he is going to be taking his money away, other big ticket investors are probably going to be following the line. Brittany, if we went to Vegas, I mean, what are the odds here that Haley has any shot at all? Well, it, it almost doesn't matter uh, because in Nevada, she's not even – literally in, in Vegas, she's not even going to get any delegates for that primary that's coming up uh, in their week or so because of how the party has changed their nominating calendar. So they're, she's not even in play in that state. I mean – I would not be putting my money on Nikki Haley if you were at a roulette table right now. She does see a chance through South Carolina. You know, she was it's her home state. She was the governor for two terms, but a lot of local politicians there are not on her side. In fact, in New Hampshire, where I just was, Donald Trump brought out a coterie of South Carolina officials to be on stage and effectively troll her from across the city saying, look, I have the home field advantage, not you. And some people have said that Tim Scott might be angling for vice president under Donald Trump. So, uh, you know, keep that in mind, grain of salt here. Mm -hmm. But when is that South Carolina primary? It's right at the end of, of of the month in February. So the Democrats have their South Carolina primary in about two weeks and in about three and a half weeks. We'll see uh, the Republican contest there. And so it'll be a lot of action. If she doesn't win that, do you think that she'll bail at that point? I mean, I think she's going to be facing a lot of pressure. I want to know something that's kind of unusual that we've been seeing the last couple of weeks, that there are party officials from state Republican parties and Ron McDaniel, the chairman of the RNC, saying it's time for Nikki Haley to drop and coalesce down to, around Donald Trump. Now, these groups are supposed to remain historically neutral during the primary process, right? They're just supposed to run their state elections, make sure ballots are counted properly, talk to Secretary of State, make sure the lights are on kind of thing. They're not supposed to put their thumb on their scale in any capacity. But now we're seeing that change in a, in a pretty stunning way. And I think those calls will even become more resounding louder and louder and louder if she does not win South Carolina. And functionally, this is a math game. If she cannot win the delegates, 
in South Carolina, there's, there's, there's no calculable path for her to the convention. Well, we saw the same thing with the DNC and Hillary in 2016. Uh, yeah. They kind of anointed her as, as the nominee. But I told Heidi this yesterday. I said, look, I'm really interested to see Trump can talk about meatball Ron all the time and call him Ron de sanctimonious. I want to see what happens when he goes up against a Republican woman. I mean, we saw what he did up against Hillary. And, you know, I don't I don't know if he was necessarily saying something that uh, really got him in trouble. But I want to see what happens in the next three weeks. And if the things that he said, I mean, he made fun of her dress. That doesn't that doesn't bode well with people. But I want to see if he says something in the next three weeks before South Carolina that might win her votes. And Nikki Haley says the same thing. That's why she's calling for a debate so that we can finally see him on stage next to her. Remember, he hasn't been on any of the debates so far. So there's been no opportunity for Republican primary voters to actually see that split screen and hear all the things he might be saying. And she's also been saying, look, he is weak on a general election ballot next to a woman. And so is Joe Biden for that tear. This is her argument that she's trying to convince these independents that she is the strongest to actually eke out a win in November, which is far more important for Republicans than who becomes a nominee this summer, right? Uh, and there are some Republicans who feel the same way you do, who think that you know his, his mouth is too big, <laughs> he gets he gets ahead of himself too much, he could be too insulting, he could be too braggadocious. The entire circumstances around him are too toxic that it will enable a second term for Joe Biden and an automatic loss for them in the White House. Brittany, who is Haley's biggest supporters? What does that look like? I mean, after New Hampshire, it's hard to tell. If you asked me like two weeks ago, I would have said independent mind moderates and actually some Democrats who are sick of Joe Biden for one reason mm-hmm. or the other. New Hampshire's actually I have a hard time wording this, an overeducated electorate, I would say. Many of the the households have two degrees. You know, the income averages are almost a hundred thousand dollars. That's unheard of when you when you look at the entire United States. And so she was thinking that those were the sorts of people um, we can call them snowbirds in New York, folks who take it up and, and go to the south and vote Republican and, and live there um, during the winter months. She'd be able to get those sorts of people, intellectuals in her mind. And if you look at the states that are left. That's not necessarily the demographics that are, you know, painted together. So if her coalition that she wanted to build, she would have necessarily already have built it by Tuesday. Very, very interesting. And Brittany, as always, great reporting. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now the KTRS Radiothon to support the Backstoppers continues on the Big 550 and KTRS.com. Brought to you this hour by Jewels on Hampton and Club Fitness. From the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for supporting our fallen heroes and their families. To make a donation, go to KTRS.com and click on the Backstoppers logo. Here are Heidi Glaus and Josh Gilbert on KTRS. I don't know that I realized all of the things that Jewels on Hampton really does. And they offer some of the highest prices for your precious metals, diamonds, semi-precious colored gems, coins, collectibles, even sports memorabilia, which is pretty darn cool. I've taken some uh, gold in before, but the sports memorabilia, that's pretty cool. And, of course, you can uh, always call and say, hey, here's what I've got. And... uh 
they'll you know probably say bring it on in and let's look at it but the phone number 314-752-5000 even watches pocket watches if you've got all this stuff sitting in a box in your basement you don't know what you're missing out on lots of money is what i would say jewels on hampton.com is the website if you want to learn more do you have a box of stuff um no but i bet my mom does i used to have in high school it was the uh, charm bracelet and charm necklace and it was such an easy gift for people you know you start the charm bracelet and maybe it's a little basketball maybe the number 22 because that's the number i wore and then the next time maybe you get the softball maybe it's a little dancer if that's what you're into or what what's what's that play pandora that the charms yeah (laughs) but this was back in the day and it was 14 karat gold or more wow so i whoa i think i still have it i think i took it and cashed it in you pawned it to a gold when gold was high a few years ago you did this just a few years ago well i mean probably 12 years ago i didn't think i'd ever uh, presumably wear it. you if you were in college and you wanted beer money yeah but you clearly on your feet and you look at this thing well maybe that's the whole point of, of jewels on hampton it's uh-huh. like what are you gonna do with why it why am i hanging on to this thing I'm never going to wear it again. Exactly. And it doesn't really have that much sentimental significance. Yeah. What – I'm curious because we have always we always do this story. Your kids and your grandkids do not want your old stuff. Uh-huh. They just don't. The furniture is not their style. Nobody collects china anymore. Except um, what they don't know is it probably will be their style one day. Like yeah. I think back to my great aunt and uncle's – couch. I'm like, God, that would be really cool now if it was covered in a... Oh, my God. It'd be so dusty. Well... (laughs) Well, that's when they... That's when the plastic covering, right? Back in the day. Oh, it's like... It's brand new. Nobody in my family ever did that. Oh, really? Yeah, we never had plastic. I never understood it, you know? My grandma had a chair. Just one of the chairs. Covered in it? Uh, I guess, you know, I never had the chance or the wherewithal because I was six. To ask her, how come the couch is is free reign, but this chair is, you know, seemingly so valuable that you have to protect it? Marsha would probably say, I need to cover my chair in wrap because I tend to spill my red wine every once in a while. You know, you make all your furniture look uglier (laughs) just so that it can be preserved. When company comes over. Do you pull the plastic off? take it off, No, see, Josh, no. (laughs) Did Did your grandma ever take the plastic off the chair? Okay, no. so I mean, I, again, they never would. I was six years old, and I don't remember if at Christmas time, because she hosted Christmas Eve, yeah. if she took it off. So I'll have to ask my older okay, sister. Okay, well, here's, and again, no one in my family has ever done this, but were you then allowed to eat in the living room? We didn't eat in the living room. We didn't take food into the living room or the family room. If we were eating, we were in the kitchen or the dining room, and that was it. We ate in the living room all the time. So maybe that's why we didn't have plastic and other people did. I don't know. I'm just trying to. Was there a room in your house that you weren't allowed to go into? Mm-mm. I ask that all the time, too. Like there's, no. Some houses have, oh, that's the sitting room for the adults. And then the kids <laughs> just weren't allowed to go in there. Um, but I'm curious. We know. weren't allowed to ride our bikes between the cars. 
Okay, I there thought were you were going to say <laughs> we weren't allowed to ride them in the house. Uh, <laughs> no, but like, you know, we had to go around to get them into our little storage right. facility because we had a carport and the, it was pretty close and you did not want to get caught riding the bike because then you might scratch the Bronco. Of course. Uh, this hour is brought to you by Jewels on Hampton and Club Fitness as well. Uh, so I'm curious, have you ever pawned something or sold something and then maybe regretted it? Oh, uh, I'm sure. Or someone said, my mom got rid of this. I think she just threw it away. It was a white leather jewelry box. And you open it up and there was red felt on the inside. And she mentioned to me the other day, I said, hey, what happened to that white jewelry? You still have that? And she goes, no, I threw it out. And I said, you did? I can't believe you. So that's something you wished you had? She goes, you know, your sister had the same reaction. She, all these things that my mom offers us, we have no interest in it. And the one thing she doesn't say, hey, does anybody <laughs> want this stupid thing? We are like dying because she got rid of it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's some of the – you should probably ask your kids about everything because it's going to be the dumbest things that we actually want. Isn't and that the, the truth? And the fine china, not interested. That's funny because <laughs> probably one of the things I love is I have – and I'm not even a big Elvis fan, but my grandma had – I don't know if it was a whiskey. It was the Elvis that the head would screw off and you could pour – Oh, is bourbon in there or something? Yeah. Well, I don't know what she ever had in there. I just remember sitting in the basement, so I wanted that, and it's in our kitchen now, and I love it. There's nothing in it. It just sits there, but it's cool to me. When you twist the head, the cap off, does it go like this? Oh, me cool. <laughs> no, it would be cool if it did. <laughs> and then you put it back on, it goes, don't be cruel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can record it for me. We'll have a little button that about, it does it. What about those Elvis clocks with the oh, legs would so, swing? Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> now, see, that's the kind of thing I would want. Uh, the velvet paintings oh, of Elvis. Yeah. See, that's the stuff we want, Mom and Dad. So before you throw out that thing that you think is stupid... We actually kind of like that stuff. Yeah, somebody said they sold some CDs and albums and regret it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I just gave, I told you, I just gave away a bunch of DVDs. To I, whom? To, I dropped them off at Goodwill. Oh. Maybe they you... could get a couple bucks off of them. Yeah. Uh, someone said Depression Era. They, I think they mean the glass. Some of the things that I actually took from my mom was Depression Glass. Oh. Somebody else my mother... Threw away all my brother's vintage baseball cards, rookie cards, for many famous. Pl- that would be bad, and, and that leads me to a great story. Did you see this story? I gotta find it in my sheets here. I don't think my parents would be that uh, clue. Is it clueless? I don't want to be. I want to be fair. Well, I'll say clueless. The, okay, <laughs> but back in the day, it, was that really? A vintage baseball car. When you see your kids sticking them in their bike tires, you probably think, oh, these are, you know, worthless. Yeah, the things that people used to throw away are crazy, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, My grandfather said he had, like, uh, all these Mickey Mantle baseball cards when he was a kid. Yeah, but when he was a kid, he he was just any other player. He just threw them all out. Yeah. You know, it didn't matter. We used to just buy the packs for the gum. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, if you had those, it'd be worth like a million dollars. A 10-year-old St. Louis soccer fan 
basically got the Messi Holy Grail card. Did you see this? This ultra rare Lionel Messi card pulled yeah. at a St. Peter's shop. Wasn't it like one of one? It, it's crazy. And can you imagine if you're this 10-year-old soccer fan? His name's uh, Jet Meyer, by the way. And just, I think he was screaming when he found it. It's one in 34,000 packs to get a super factor. And he said, his dad said he can't really wrap his head around it. It's like winning the lotto. Try to see if what that thing would be worth. Uh, so it's weird in the card world. You have to have someone, uh, they call it great, they, you have to grade it. Uh-huh. So typically with just regular cards that are worth maybe, you know, a couple hundred bucks, you you mail it away. And then somebody and looks at it. And you trust that you're going to get it back? Exactly. Uh-uh. So when something's worth a million dollars, I've read stories of people driving it to the company. Yeah. Getting out, standing over them while they look at it, and you know, once well, it gets their seal of approval, then they seal it in plastic. And so far, and I mean, this has just been a few days, but he's already got offers close to thirty grand for this card. Oh, but God. you know, it'll go oh. for so much more than that. Anyway. Yeah, don't take your first offer, kid. Well, I don't think I think. The dad says, too, you know, money talks, but at the same time, it's a great memory with my son. And he has that memory, too, which that's the cool thing. Back on the text line, what about all of our old toys? Voltron, Uh, Transformers, all those Star Wars toys. Man. Cabbage Patch. Somebody opened up like a toy box. We had a, a big orange basketball that was like was hollow on the inside, and that's where all of our toys were. Oh, I was like, yeah. okay. No, no, it was like Following. a big toy bin. Somebody opened one of those up, and it was just filled with old Star Wars toys. I'd be in heaven. I probably have shared this story before, but it was interesting because when I was working at uh, Channel 5, I got to go out and do a behind-the-scenes of This Is Us. You did stories at Channel 5? Yeah, a couple times couple years anyway (laughs) like 25 years 22 (laughs) um but when we went out to the this is us set it was like in the beginning and you're there to promote the show but we weren't allowed to take any pictures because it was set in the late 70s 80s and so it would kind of give the plot twist away, but you walked onto that set and there was like a Stretch Armstrong and it was, you were walking into your own living room back in the day with the old, you know, yes. uh, TV set that was the, what do they call the those? Con- the, the, co- console the console set. wooden set and all of that. But I thought it was interesting. Remember the old Pyrex? Oh, yeah. The, it was like a yellow and red and orange You can design. find some of that stuff at... Uh, antique marketplace on the hill. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I think I'd like uh, an old Pyrex piece as well. It's well, got like a hen on it. The other place is uh, TFA, the Future Antiques, which is over on uh, in South City. It's really cool too. A lot of mid-century modern stuff. And speaking of the Super Bowl, when that guy plugged in that crock pot uh, in that episode yeah. of This Is Us after mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. My parents had that crock pot. I think a lot of people did. Never burned down our house. Well, you're lucky. (laughs)
Chief Mike Krause with Metro West Fire Protection District. Actually, he's the Chief of Fire and EMS Services and on the Backstoppers Board of Directors. And Chief, did I also read you're a fourth-generation firefighter? You, you certainly did, yes. Uh, my uh, great-grandfather and grandfather both served in the city of St. Louis. And then uh, my uncle, um, the third generation, was in Jefferson City, Missouri. So that makes me fourth, yep, for that's sure. It's pretty incredible. Did you have a choice, or you just had to ah. go into the field? No, I definitely had a choice. I'm just glad that it worked out the way that it did because I was unsure at the time when I took that step, and I couldn't be happier. It's been such a rewarding career. Yeah, I was going to say, you can tell us, okay? You can. No one's listening. It's just us. <laughs> Are you pressured? At this? <laughs> um, do you have kids, or will there be a fifth generation? You know, I do have children. Uh, I have two boys, uh, two twin boys that are 21, and one of them kind of kind of dipped their toe in it uh, a few years back, and it just wasn't for them. So I think that this is this might be it, but that's okay. You know, yeah. I wanted to, if, if, if he would have uh, you know taken to it, then that would have been wonderful. But I certainly want him to, to choose his own path for sure. Well, it's fantastic, and to your family, thank you for those uh, four generations. I'm wondering since you also are. You know, on the board of Backstoppers, is there one program that you guys do that you're most proud of? Because there's so many things that you do. You know, I I just to give you perspective, I've been at this job for 30 years as a, as a firefighter and eight years as a fire chief, and I would have to say that my work uh, in the last four years um, with Backstoppers has probably been as uh, much or more rewarding than anything I've done in the fire service um, because it's just so powerful. I don't know of another uh, charitable organization that has the impact, the direct impact and the noticeable impact that Backstoppers does. Um, so it's been really, a, you know, you're right. They do so many things, but I, I guess the, 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 probably the biggest thing um, that I, that I'm most impressed with uh, that I'm most taken by is, uh, is really the potentiation of these children. Mm-hmm. So uh, meaning, you know, what, whatever whatever uh, path that, that child might take, we talked about me um, taking a step into the fire service, but whatever, you know, w- when they reach that age, um, that college age and before that even, um, they're given every opportunity to uh, to meet their potential. And, um, and, and they're, you know, they're, they're not turned away from, from any school or anything um, because of finances. So one thing we know for sure is, is when is when someone loses a, a parent uh, in this manner, nothing in the world can bring them back. So what you can do is control the controllable, and Backstoppers does exactly that in in reducing stress and um, and, and and challenges financially, and uh, to provide emotional support. So I, I just can't say enough about uh, the true power of Backstoppers. Can you give us um, some stories uh, of kids and what they may have gone on to do? Did any of them? go into the same line of work as their parents and, and join uh, the fire department? Yeah, in fact, yeah. Um, Joe Strail, um, his father passed away. He was a St. Louis City uh, detective detached to the DEA, and he, he died tragically in a, in a helicopter accident. Uh, and Joe, uh, when he became um, 18 years old, I think he joined the Army first and then became a St. Louis County police, uh, policeman mm. and currently serves as a St. Charles County officer. And uh, it's amazing because Joe and I collaborate sometimes to speak to groups 
for instance, uh, groups of cadets at the uh, St. Louis County Fire Academy. So we get them young and, and try to explain to them the power of backstoppers. But there's nothing quite as uh, profound as listening to someone who was actually a beneficiary. Yeah. And uh, Joe recalls it really well. And, um, you know, and he, and he talks about um, all, the, all, the, all the things that went right for him in a really terrible situation because of backstoppers. <laughs> And what do you think it is? Obviously, it's a testament to uh, the field of uh, police, fire, EMS, that so many generations just keep uh, putting people in these fields. What do you think it is about uh, the the police or the fire or uh, EMS that makes people want to say, I want to do what dad or mom did? I, th- I think that, you know, I can just speak for myself a little bit. And I was just talking to a whole battalion of my my people today at Metro West and, and with the commonality with all of us, I think is we want to, we want to help people. We want to make things better. And our mantra at Metro West is always leave people in a better place than you found them. And, um, and we, we so we, we get down to our, why, why are we here? What are we doing here? And uh, why we're here is to make things better. And uh, that happens in a variety of ways. The, the obvious low hanging fruit would be, um, you know, that in, in firefighting and EMS is, is to help or save somebody in a, in a uh, in a situation like a fire or some kind of a rescue, but there's many many other things that that uh, that the firefighters do um, on duty and off duty just to make the community a better place to be. And I think when you kind of have that buy-in, um, it's a, it's a pretty powerful thing. So everybody knows when you get into to police and fire, you, you know you're not gonna you're not gonna make millions of dollars. But I think that the gratification that's possible um, fr- from the from the work, I, I don't know that you can get that anyplace else. And the other piece of it is probably the the camaraderie and the friendships that are forged yeah. um, are just unbeatable. And, and the reason that happens is is because you're placed in situations where you have to place your trust in your in your life in someone else's hands, and vice versa. And and whether you are a, a natural match for friendship with somebody, it really doesn't even come into play there because of that that bond that gets forged uh, in, in those situations. Well, and I think, Chief. That is also the reason that Backstoppers is so incredible It's because, yes, this family is going through the worst thing that they could ever imagine. But at the same time, they have this whole new family wrapping their arms around them at that time. And it's like the family grew exponentially. That That's exactly right. And the most impressive part of it is that's a comprehensive type of a thing. So. Um, it's not a one-and-done charity. It's not something where we say, oh, gosh, in the wake of this, of this horrible event, we're going to provide this, this, uh, this money to you. Good luck. Yeah. It is we're going to provide this for you, and we're going to be with you at every step and turn of the way. So um, if, if some unanticipated uh, challenge arises, it's a phone call. Hey, can you help us with this? We didn't realize or, you know, a tree fell in the house, whatever it might be. And Backstoppers is quick to react, and I can't say enough about the, the board, the people that mm-hmm. serve on that board. I've never seen them do anything except act quickly to help. And so uh, throughout the lives of these children and and, uh, the surviving spouses, uh, the help is always there. And Backstoppers makes an effort to be present in their lives. For instance, uh, there's around Christmas time, there's there's always personal touches that happen there. And especially with with people with uh, with smaller children, uh, make sure that they have a, a good Christmas with gifts and all the things that they need. So when you wrap it all together, it's really a comprehensive, sustaining 
type of a, of, a, of a charity, which is really rare. Yeah. You don't see that. So true. Chief Mike Krause with Metro West Fire Protection. Thank you so much. Everything that you have done, uh, both as a firefighter and then with your work at Backstoppers, we really appreciate it. Well, it's certainly my pleasure, and I want to thank you also and the radio station for your support here and your help here because every single uh, penny uh, that's collected, it really goes to uh, to a powerful cause. And we talked about that today, and I appreciate you hearing me. Thank you. Thank you. And, again, you can simply go to KTRS.com, click the Donate button on the Backstoppers banner. This is the KTRS Radiothon to support the Backstoppers on the Big 550 at KTRS.com. Backstoppers is there for you. We're going to take care of you now and forever. Brought to you this hour by Royal Banks of Missouri, Overstock Outlet, and Aldon Indoor Air Quality Specialists. Your donations benefit the Backstoppers. Remember, to donate, go to KTRS.com and click on the Backstoppers logo. Here are Heidi Klaus and Josh Gilbert on KTRS. We have heard so many incredible stories all day long, and if you're just joining us, Backstoppers has helped more than 180 families since 1959. It is basically a safety net with no strings attached, and Backstoppers provides around $2 million in assistance each year. The reason... They're able to do that is because of people like you who donate and people like all of our KTRS sponsors and partners that we love so much. One of them is Royal Banks of Missouri. Mitch Baden is the president of Royal Banks of Missouri. Thanks for joining us. I mean, we've got the big man on campus. (laughs) I don't know about that. But uh, you got a big man, but I don't know if it's on campus. (laughs) Before we talk money and some of the great things that you do there at Royal Banks of Missouri, let's talk about why you wanted to be a part of today's Radiothon. Well, I can't think of anything more important than supporting our first responders. Um, I have a son-in-law who was in the service. Um, I have a godson who is a fireman out in Eureka. Um, These kids do everything they can to save lives, and we have to help them. Absolutely. So you guys there at Royal Banks of Missouri have been around for a while, 1964. Has the mission always been the same? You know, I am the luckiest guy in the world. I get to help run a company that is so focused on our communities. Um, We're 1964, so obviously uh, this is our 60th anniversary we're about to celebrate. Um, but yes, uh, the mission has been always the same. Our founding uh, owners initially were very, very philanthropic, and they allowed us to do that. In fact, last year, the Business Journal um, honored our company as the most philanthropic company in St. Louis. Wow. Um, as, it, as it related to total expenditures, and we we spent, again, this year, almost a half of, almost $400,000 in donations, uh uh, last year in 23. So it's it's a great company to work for. Well, it is fantastic. And I'd like to speak on behalf of St. Louis. Thank you for doing that. And I know at the core value there at Royal Banks of Missouri, I mean, clients are the first priority, but it really is about community too. Well, we've grown, we've grown substantially over the last few years. Uh, and so we have new markets that we're working in and and I think it's so important. If you're going to be a community bank, which we are a community bank, 
you have to be active and you have to be um, uh, involved in your communities. These are our homes. Um, I don't, when I'm talking around with our staff at the bank, I don't talk to it as if this is our community. I, this is our home. This is where we yeah. live. We want to be active in our communities and support the, the groups that help make our homes better. And, you know, I think one of the things uh, that is so interesting that we talk about all the time is that you can't even get through to a real person or how customer service is not a thing anymore. But that's really what makes Royal Banks of Missouri stand out. I mean, you are talking to a real person. You know, it's funny you say that. The very first thing I did when I was able to honored to be able to get this job is I eliminated our our, our uh, a, a computerized answering system and um, now you're right people pick up the phone um, when you dial a number to talk to our mortgage experts you get a person um, when you dial into our our offices to talk to uh, anybody about any of our consumer products they get a person and we have lenders in every one of our markets that are that live in the markets and contribute to those markets, not only at what they do at our bank, but what they do in the communities as well. And we're really proud of our, the things that we do uh, from a community perspective uh, in all of our markets. And that's really the thing when it comes to money, I want to know who I'm talking to. You know, I think, um, you know, there's so many things in our, our life today that we've commoditized. Um, and unfortunately, I think financial services have done that as well. I believe that you're absolutely right, that it's a relationship that, that most people want. They don't want to pick up a phone and, and, and listen to a computer tell them what their balances are or listen to a computer tell them to press a certain number to, do, to, to get a certain activity. I think it's relationship-driven. And if you're a community bank, which – that's what Royal Banks is. We are going to do everything we can to make sure that it's a personalized service and that the relationships are important to us. You're not just a number when you're talking to a community bank. You're you're an important person. Yeah. What are, I mean, obviously that one-on-one is really special, but what are a couple of products that maybe you do there at Royal Banks that are unique? Well, first of all, on the consumer side, I would say that our um, our home equity credit product is probably one of the best in the market, if not the best. Very competitive pricing. We pay for all the closing costs, um, and and it's uh, and it's a really really fine product and a good alternative for people that are, are especially now where you might have some uh, Christmas bills that are coming mm-hmm. through for you to try to. Um, actually work within, uh, um, you know, within your uh, budgets. And and, and uh, the bank uh, home equity product is really true. Uh, on the commercial side, I, I will tell you, our, our commercial lending team is terrific, and they do a great job personalizing service. But we have the best suite of treasury management services for a, any bank in town. Um, and I don't say that because I work here. I say it because it's true. So when I talk to um, – clients we have great products that are priced really well and and we're very very proud of those those products that we have yeah well you do a fantastic job and of course if people want to learn more about royal banks of missouri royal banks of mo.com thank you so much mitch for being a part of today's radiothon and uh the things that you do for the st louis community 
Well, thank you for having us as a part. We are proud to be from St. Louis. It's our home, and we are absolutely proud to support Backstoppers, and I hope your listeners will help support as well. Absolutely. Thank you. And just a reminder, to donate and help support the Backstoppers, just go to ktrs.com, click the Donate button on the Backstoppers banner. Now, the KTRS Radiothon to support the Backstoppers continues on the Big 550 and KTRS.com. Brought to you this hour by Royal Banks of Missouri, Overstock Outlet, and Al Don Indoor Air Quality Specialists. From the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for supporting our fallen heroes and their families. To make a donation, go to KTRS.com and click on the Backstoppers logo. Here are Heidi Glaus and Josh Gilbert on KTRS. I think everybody loves a treasure hunt, and that's kind of what you get at Overstock Outlet. And by the way, it's a family-owned business, and you never know what they'll have. Looking for that accent chair, maybe a a cool rug, that conversation piece, that's what you're going to find. And Rich West is co-owner of Overstock Outlet. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon, guys. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. And, Rich, we really appreciate you being a part of today's Radiothon. You bet. You bet. I wouldn't miss it. Well, and you have a, a special connection because you and Lori, the owners there, are former law enforcement. Yes, we are. Uh, Lori and I both, we, we met uh, very young at a young age. We both worked for St. Louis City Police Department as dispatchers. And then I went on to be a police officer, and Lori went on to her career. And uh, I spent uh, about 25 years in the law enforcement profession. So before we get to your store, you have to have seen firsthand the fantastic work of Backstoppers. Can you share a story? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I've been with uh, in law enforcement for a while, and I've watched how Backstoppers has supported um, – not only the fallen officers, but their families. And, and, you know, the law enforcement family itself is just a huge family, and we support each other. But then Backstopper steps in and, and leads a financial help where, where it's much needed. Yeah. Let's talk about Overstock Outlet. How long have you guys had the outlet now? So Lori and I have been in business uh, about 11 years now. And where does your stuff come from? I, I mean, when you say... <laughs> that you'll never know what we'll have well where do you get it How, do you know what you have <laughs> it's sad to say that i Lori and i probably know everything in our store and cool. that's how attached we are but um we travel countrywide and we look for those things that people have stored in their warehouses and they they're they're looking to get rid of because they're they're just no longer in fashion or they're 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 just things people forgot about and we look for the very unique things and we we really enjoy bringing those back out to the public and and that along with um we do a lot of stuff with uh sam's club a lot of stuff with macy's we we do a lot of stuff just in many different venues and we just got done talking about vintage stores and uh the mark the flea market down there at um uh, antique market on the hill, and this—that's not what this is. This is all new stuff. Yeah, um, it is new stuff, and sometimes it's so. We, like I said, we travel and go to different shows in many different parts of the country, and we will find things that have 
um, kind of been tucked away for a while. So it's not uncommon to find some things that will bring back some memories. Uh, one time I found a bunch of stock of mem- uh, the old pocket fisherman. You remember that? Oh, my gosh, um, yes. And I came across a little stash of those. And when I brought those out, it brought back a lot of uh, nostalgic memories for people. But we just find some very unique things. Are you affiliated with Overstock.com, the website, or this is a completely different venture? No, ma'am. Uh, my wife and I started this up. Lori and I started this up um, actually about 14 years ago. And in, believe it or not, in our on our property, in our house, we have an outbuilding, out and we started online sales, and it quickly morphed into a brick and mortar. We still have online sales, but, but the brick and mortar now, uh, we have two stores now, has really taken over. So when you say you stumbled across a box of pocket fishermen, are you saying that you were scrolling online and saw that someone had it? Or you go to these shows and there's a box of literally pocket fishermen. (laughs) So we went to a show and um, we met a vendor and he was cleaning out a warehouse. And in this warehouse, it was actually a pallet full of them. And uh, so it wasn't just a box. It was a whole pallet. So I bought the whole pallet because I was just, it was very nostalgic. <laughs> and you, it's something you haven't seen in 20 years. Yeah. And, man, you put it out and people just, they flock to it. So it's it's wonderful. Was that, was that Ron Popeil? Am I crazy? <laughs> You're not crazy. <laughs> it was a Ronco. Yeah. Original. Oh, man. Ronco. Ronco. Yes. Yes. So how often are you getting new things in your store? Well, we have trucks coming in daily. Uh, Lori and I just got back from a buying trip in Chicago, and, um, you know, we bought probably 20 truckloads full of stuff. And and over the last two weeks, those truckloads just keep coming in. So literally daily, as things go off the shelves, we're putting new and different things onto the shelves. So when we say you never know what you'll have, run through a list of things. I mean, I kind of said that accent chair, maybe a rug, but give me 10 things we'll find. Well, okay. So uh, I I like tools, so I buy a lot of uh, unique tools. I've got jewelry-making tools. I've got women's uh, undergarments. I've got um, men's fishing boots, men's fishing knives. I've got uh, rifle scopes. I've got... um, this is something that, that uh, is very well sought after. We have a huge selection of nostalgic candy. We have a whole, two whole aisles full of nostalgic candy. Um, yeah, I, I just, I could go on and on really, but uh, those are some of the biggest things. I'm wondering, Rich, how much time does somebody spend in one of your stores? Because they're probably just ooing and awing. <laughs> I literally have people, our stores are, are not as big as we would like. Uh, one store is 15,000 feet. The other store is 20,000 feet. But people will spend two hours, two and a half hours just walking up and down the aisles. And I want to make and, sure and, people know oh, where boy. they are. You have one in uh, Lake St. Louis at Lake St. Louis Boulevard and Highway Inn. You have another one on Boonslick and Warrington in the old uh, Kroger. Both of them open every day? Yeah, we're open every day. Um, Monday through Saturday, it, we're open seven, or I'm sorry, nine a.m. to seven p.m., and then on Sunday, uh, ten a.m. to uh, five p.m. What's the most unique thing you've ever sold? <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a very hard question, but um, oh my gosh, you know, I I can't even begin to answer that because it's just. 
I just we get so much so much okay. different stuff. I mean, All right. I'm sorry. What do you have in your house right now that you said I'm not letting anyone else buy this? I'm keeping this for myself. Oh uh, well. Unfortunately, Lori and I get first pick on everything that comes through. Unfortunately, yeah. I of hear course. you say. Of course. We expect that. Oh, uh, we I mean, so we got in um some popcorn poppers. I don't know if you've seen them online, the little metal popcorn poppers where it's about the size of a of a baseball. You put popcorn in it, you superheat it. No oil or anything and you open it up and pop it. It's sitting on our shelf at, at the house. Um, and <laughs> That's cool. I mean, just cool things like that. We just really come across some cool things. And typically, do you have more than one thing? Or you, there could be just, that's it. you got one thing, and it's the only one like it. So it depends on where it comes from. But sometimes we may only have one. Sometimes I might have 10 pellets. Wow. Mm. I mean, it's it's. I've got 10 pellets of right now, actually 20 pellets of um Wine boxes, they're wooden wine boxes. So if you go and give somebody a gift and you put a, a bottle of wine in a bag, I ha- actually have boxes that are as cheap as the bags, and they're actually a really nice shelf piece. But I've got 10, 20 pallets of that of all different shapes and sizes. All right, now you're speaking my language. Rich West, <laughs> co-owner of Overstock Outlet, and again, two locations, one in Lake St. Louis, right at Lake Boulevard and Highway Inn, the other on Boonslick in Warrington in the Old Kroger. Thank you so much for being a sponsor of today's fourth annual Radiothon to support the Backstoppers. Thank you guys very much. Have a blessed day. And Rich, thank you and your wife uh, for serving and uh, uh, protecting us. But have you sold any of those pocket fishermen? I think mean, he hung up. Oh, he hung up. Oh. Well, get them back on the phone. Next time. Can I tell you real quickly, because you were talking about uh, trying to lose a little weight. And oh, yeah. As I get older, I, it gets a little harder. And thankfully, there's Women's Lifestyle Solutions, which is a women-focused weight loss and hormone balance practice. Because what works for you, Josh, at 50 mm-hmm. doesn't work for me at 50. I'm only 42. I know, but eventually. <laughs> I mean, men and women are... Made differently. I'm still in my 40s. Yeah. Your metabolism is different. And Dr. Allison Walsh, she knows this, and this has really become her passion. She's an OBGYN. She likes delivering babies as well. Matter of fact, she can even help with infertility. But she's just learned over time talking to women and seeing them struggle with that perimenopause weight or the menopause. She's like, you know what? I can help with this. So if you're a woman in your 40s, or 50s and struggling with weight gain or that stubborn belly fat. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. And it it's there even if you're doing everything right. If you're eating well and you're exercising, it just doesn't change. Women's Lifestyle Solutions and Dr. Allison Walsh can help. You can learn more by calling 314-919-9998 or go to stlwomenslifestylesolutions.com. And now for the top uh, three at 5.30. Wait, this is really, Six. 5.36. This is really throwing me off. Yeah. But it's all for a good cause. It is because we've still got 25 minutes left of the fourth annual Radiothon to support the Backstoppers. And just a reminder, 
If you want to donate or help support the Backstoppers, KTRS.com. The button pops up really big. Just hit that donate button. Whatever you can donate helps. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we'll be here, like you said, we'll be here for another 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So do it now because I think we get credit. Do we get credit for it? I don't know. I'm going to take credit for it if we do. Um, All right. Do you mind if I go first? No, please. I was reading an article about Gaza, and it's all heartbreaking what's going on over there. And no matter how you feel about which side or one side or the other, there are human beings and innocent people in the middle of this thing, and they were going through the rubble. And I hate to segue like this. I did notice on the back of one of their jackets there was a red crescent. Okay. And the the caption underneath the picture said, Palestinian Red Crescent personnel check and destroyed ambulance in the central Gaza Strip. And so I had to... Look this up. The International Red Cross and Red Crescent is the organization out of Geneva, Switzerland. Hmm. The Red Cross was founded in 1864 at the Geneva Convention, and we all kind of know what the Red Cross is. Yes. They're there in the times of war. They're there in the times of catastrophe. They show up. They dig through the rubble. they, They pull people out. They always want... Our blood as well because uh, they use it for people in need. But apparently during the uh, Russo-Turkish War in 1876 to 1878, the Ottoman Empire started using a red crescent because they said they they didn't want to alienate the Muslim soldiers by making them wear crosses. Oh. Now the Red Cross claims that the cross on... Their logo Mm -hmm. has no religious connotations. And they say the Red Crescent, we are not religiously affiliated. But they kind of are. The original Red Cross, they said what they did is they flipped the the Swiss flag. The Swiss flag is red with a white cross. It does look like a Swiss flag. So what they say they did is they flipped the flag and took that, adopted that as their, their logo. Some people have gone back and said, we have absolutely no proof that this is the reason why they did it. They think they they just came up with that excuse because the Muslim countries, the Ottoman Empire at the time, had an issue, took issue. So they said, you know what? You guys want to be Red Crescent? Fine with me. Same protections. And these are the guys out in the field in the middle of a war. If someone goes down, they treat them. And with that big red cross or red crescent on your helmet or your back or whatever, Geneva Convention, international rules should not be fired upon. That's – those are the rules. And I think like chaplains in the in the army. Right. You know, same rules for them. All these countries have adopted. We agree we will not fire upon you if you're wearing a red cross or a red crescent. So today – most of the countries wear red crosses, but most predominantly majority Muslim populations, except for Indonesia for some reason, wear the red crescent. Now, there's a third symbol, the red crystal. It actually is more like a red diamond, and I'll show it, you a picture of it. It's yeah. just a white field with okay. a red diamond in the middle. 
And they have adopted the same protections as the Red Cross and the Red Crescent, but I think they made a third one just to be completely cross-crescent neutral, and they offer it to any country that wants to wear that as well. So Hmm. kind of an interesting uh, deep dive on the Red Cross and where those symbols come from. Very interesting. Connor? Uh, All right. In Michigan, police responded onto the scene of a Walmart when an Amish family called in that their horse and buggy had been stolen while they were shopping at Walmart. Oh, boy. Now, number one, I did not realize that Amish people could shop at Walmarts. Uh, I I don't know the rules for that. Right. Well, they obviously showed up in the horse and buggy, though. Well, sure. They parked their horse and buggy. Right. Uh, and Isn't someone it more stole about it. electronics? But isn't like you're in the store, there's lights, there, you know, what if you go up to someone and they ring you up, right? Be, isn't that electronics? They around electronics. They just can't have Can any... they use the self-checkout? Is that? Mm. Oh, you probably not. Yeah. Is that not yeah, allowed? Probably not. Uh, this was in Michigan. A lot of, there's actually a lot more Amish up around there. I don't in know. Michigan? I don't know if Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania. Mm. Is we... there any around here? Yeah. I don't, I've never yeah. seen yes. it. Yes. We have. Yes. Was that down south, Heidi, uh, back when you were growing up? No, or? I think it's over uh, southwest, more of – and there's, I know there's an Amish uh, store in Tipton where Marsha grew up, which is more central Missouri. Oh, okay. Uh, so what, ha- what happened to the horse? Well, they, so they eventually <laughs> f- managed to find this and uh, the suspect who stole it. Uh, everything was intact. The charges were of larceny and larceny of livestock, which I think was funny. They Grand count for stealing, oh. for stealing the horse. That's tacked on there as well. And they said everything was okay in its place. Were the they horse. just wanting to take it for a joyride? Uh, a bunch of teenagers? Not, they did not disclose why it was taken. Two 14-year-olds. Uh, but they said that the horse was also unharmed and well, returned to the family. So Grand, wow. grand, grand theft, theft horse. Horse, livestock, and, and larceny. Yeah, livestock, yeah. larceny. <laughs> Whole wow. new farm law. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of former offenders, people who have been released from jail and prison are getting the tools they need to become entrepreneurs. And it's all thanks to a new program from the St. Louis County Library. Uh, the St. Louis County Library said 60 to 64% of people that are released do not find work after they are released. And that's not unemployment, that's joblessness, which means they're actively looking for work and having a hard time finding a job. So Megan Pfeiffer Davis with the St. Louis County Library says this is why she takes her role very seriously. I can help them with that resume, their cover letter, interview prep, but I can't change a company's policies of whether or not they'll take someone with a background check. I can help them start a business. So that's where this small business launch pad comes in. The library started it back in August to give 11 previous offenders an opportunity to learn what it takes to own a business. They discuss creating a business plan, talking about funding, talk about barriers and fears uh, that they might have, and even the legal aspects. Uh, Matthew Palmer is quoted in this story by KSDK saying, it was my first time getting in trouble out of custody on a felony uh, charge. He's ready to look forward to auto detail and a service business and squeaky key clean STL. 
I think it's really interesting. He said for him, it's about bouncing back and setting an example for his three-year-old daughter. Having a program like this and the support specifically will keep people uh, from going back in. Each participant received a free laptop. Organizers are planning a competition so participants can pitch their business plans. And the St. Louis County Library Foundation is accepting donations that could potentially reward the best pitch. So applications for the next wave of participants will open in May. I just think, isn't it a uh, a great program? There, St. Louis County Library does so many things. and We've had them on before about things you can rent out, fishing poles or telescopes. And now this is just one more program, and I thought it was a great one. I heard Jennifer and Wendy talking about the library. Was it today? Were they doing a... Well, they do it a bunch now. Yes. And they said, did you know that the library rents out fishing poles? And I'm shouting at my my shower radio. Say, yes, we knew that. We had them on two years ago when they started doing that. So, you know, tomorrow, Connor, if they start talking about the library again, you tell them Josh and Heidi knew that already. But you said you still have never been to your local library. I've been a little busy. Been a little busy. Doing what? Raising a child. Well, you, you don't think what? Finn it's would a, like to go to the library? I was going to say, that's the best place to take him. Well, I was, okay, so I'm on this website. Uh, Facebook offers these things, things to do with your kids. Yeah. And, you know, I need all the help I can get. Where to find a great sandwich and where to take my son. And they said. In that order. In that order. <laughs> <laughs> and they said the library is a great place. And some of these libraries, kid zones, are phenomenal. Yes. And they have story time. And they, yes. I'm like, that's a lie. I'm looking at it. I'm like, that's a library? So. And don't you want them to have the, like a love of reading and books that you never had? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't read a book and probably. Don't say that. That's probably been six years. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, I'm probably seven. And then I'm proud of it. So I need to get back into that library. Yes. And, and at the very, the very least, check out one of those fishing poles. <laughs> so we're at the house on Sunday and waiting for football to start. And my wife, I don't know where she comes up with this, but she says, can you explain to me what a 529 plan is? <laughs> and I said... 529 plan? You mean Missouri Most, where you can save money for your kids' schooling, tax-deferred? You get a 5% kickback from the state of Missouri? And then if he actually gets a full-ride scholarship somewhere or joins the military or goes to a trade school and doesn't use it all, we can convert it to a traditional Roth for his retirement? That 529 plan? And she said, yeah, how does that work? And I said, I have no idea. You'll have to. To call Jeff Zufall. You got a guy. I got a guy. Uh I got a guy for that. And he explained it uh, so well to me. Uh, This week we're going to talk about it as well. And it's just really something that you can use it for high school. Mm. I think you could even use it for like Catholic grade school or private grade school. You can't use it for daycare. I asked. I tried. But as long as you use it for school, it'll grow tax deferred and it works like a traditional Roth. Uh, but you don't have to wait till you're 59 and a half. To learn more about how to start one and implement it, call Jeff, 636-394-5524, capitaladvisorygrp.com. But if you want to hear a guy talk out of his you-know-what about it, you can call me. 
Well, you guys, thank you for uh, being a part of the fourth annual Radiothon to support the Backstoppers. Thank you for donating, and uh, thanks for coming back and hanging out with us tomorrow. Josh, let's wrap this thing up with some randoms. Listen to this. This is crazy. Kenny Loggins wasn't the first pick to perform Danger Zone for Top Gun. You know, did he write it though? It doesn't seem like it. Kind of look up who wrote Danger Zone. The producers wanted Toto to do it, but they couldn't make a deal. Then they reached out to Brian Adams and Ario Speedwagon, but they also turned it down. So I guess Kenny Loggins, iconic Kenny Loggins. Yeah. I mean, was like the fifth pick. And I'm going to say, I can't imagine anybody else right. doing it. It was not written by him. Interesting. Giorgio Moroder and Tom Whitlock. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, but did Kenny Loggins write uh, that Hanging with the Boys song oh, that they play while they're maybe. doing He definitely wrote Pooh Corner. Yeah, he did do Pooh Corner. Uh-huh. It's so funny that Danger Zone and Pooh Corner are from the guy. same guy. Same guy. And the first Swiss Army knives were made in Germany in 1891 because there was no place in Switzerland that could actually produce them. Uh. So, the old Swiss Army knife with that little oh, white cross on it. I love it. Actually made in Germany. All right. Is that it? Yep. That's you got? All right, you guys, that's it. Tomorrow, Mike Ward will join us to talk wine. Uh... Who knows what else we have up our sleeves, but I hope you'll be here, be a part of it, starting at 3 o'clock. And until then, see if you can put a smile on somebody's face. Whatever gets you through the night.